Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, but I think probably all of us have it at one time or another, where you walk in on a conversation about halfway through, and you didn't catch the first part, and then all the people talk about is all the stuff you missed. I was at a uh, two-day board meeting a few years ago, and I didn't get there for the morning session. I just got for the afternoon and the next day, and I, was, I felt lost because all they talked about was, remember yesterday morning? And, and I was like, oh, no, I, there's parts I'm not getting. We realize that sometimes at church, it can feel that way, like, well, maybe everybody knows but me, or maybe I missed some conversation. So our goal this morning is that when we leave here, we are all on the same page about what's going on, and especially in this venue of transition. We've shared a couple times about what we're doing, and yet some were here that Sunday, some weren't, and others, so we just want to take some time this morning and walk you through the amazing things that God has done, and it's been a two, almost two years that it's been going on. In May of 2020, May and June, we were just starting to meet back again. You remember when we had to cancel Sundays, we weren't allowed to meet, we had started meeting again. In my time of uh, just quiet time with God, uh, I begin to sense God saying there were some things that needed to happen at FCC. And my prayer at that time was panic mode. I was like, everybody was saying, nothing's ever gonna be the same again. Church will never be the same again. We've gotta learn new ways to do church. And I was like praying, okay, God, show me these new ways. And the answer I kinda got, I wasn't expecting, but it was, well, you need to let somebody else be the leader. Gary, you're old. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't think God would say that. I was just 63 at the time. I was feeling great. And I'm like, okay, so I took some time. And then I did. I came back to our elders and, uh, in June, and I said, guys, I think God is saying that we need to start this transition process. I'm not going anywhere. I, I don't think he's calling me to retire. He's not calling me to leave. This is my church till I die. But I think I'm supposed to be in a different chair. And, well, thank you. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. It's, uh, for starting that. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I, uh, and, and so the, the guys were great, and, and so they said, well, let's pray about that. So from June till December, we didn't do anything but pray about all that that, that was doing. And, and I had all these fears and horror stories because I had a friend who, he still, he's been three and a half years. They paid a company a lot of money to find them a pastor to succeed him, and they still haven't found anybody. And it was like, Okay, God, I can handle another four or five years if that's how long it takes, but you know, we'll start the process and we'll look. And so in December, we got serious in the process. That was December of 2020. We put the word out to a lot of people and we begin to say, you know, our church, we had parameters. We said, we want a guy that's at a large, healthy, growing church. We want a guy that stayed a while, that, that we want a guy that when he gets here, Hopefully, he's gonna stay for life. We want a guy that's at least 20 years younger than Gary. We want a guy, you know, we want a guy that has the humility to come in because a few guys that we talked to said, oh yeah, we'd love to come to FCC, but Gary's gotta go. And we said, we want somebody that's got the humility to come and, and work together and learn together and, and do all. So we begin to pray thinking this might take a long time. And... Uh, we had uh, a list and through resumes and our, our elders were doing interviews and resumes and visiting people and that. We got the list down to two people. 
So the first guy came, great guy, had a great weekend with him. We said, hey, we'd like to have you back in three weeks, maybe bring your family. Then we had Matt come the next weekend, and Matt came down and, and hung out. And then we had a, a leadership meeting that week, and there was a little bit of awkwardness because none of us wanted to say what we were feeling. And finally, somebody said, does anybody else feel like Matt's our guy and we don't need to revisit the, set the other guy? And everybody's like, yes, but we didn't want to say it. And, and isn't it amazing how we pray for something and then when God does it, we act shocked? And, I mean, we had been praying for unity. We'd been praying that God, we will know this because we'll all be on the same page. We'll be unified with this. There'll be this, this chemistry. And, and it all happened and we're like, wow, we're six months into, seven months into this process and we know the guy that we want and I'm like, now we need to pray that he's willing to leave this great ministry that he's got going up in Illinois. So we had him come back down with his family and, uh, and got to meet them. We liked them better than we liked him. And it was a win-win. And it was like, they were great. And we're like, hey, let's invite him even if they're, you know, just to get his family here and be worth it. So they're awesome. And, and then the, the big question, so I think it was March, wasn't it? that we said, hey, would you be willing to leave this dynamic ministry where you have built, it was his baby, he planted that church like 13 years before, be 14 years now. Would you be willing to do that and come to FCC? And they prayed about that and, and uh, they said yes. And so they came in July. And uh, they've been here since July. And we, that, that was the process that it took almost a year and a half to get to that point or a year. And uh, now we're eight months into this, and I thought, we've only said anything from the stage twice. In December of 2020, I said, hey, we're looking for a guy to follow me. Would you pray? And everybody's like, okay, that's weird. But yeah. And then he got here in July. June, July. Got here in July, and we said, hey, this is Matt. <laughs> that's all we've said. So we realized there's a lot of unknown about him that you don't know. So today, I'm just going to ask him questions. And so you can get to know him in the process a little bit more, okay? Is yeah. that fair? Sounds good. Now, I told him I'm gonna mess with him and come up with a really question that he couldn't answer, but I don't think I could do that, well, so. He, you know, Gary is so good at just being able to just get up on stage and go, and I can't do that. I gotta have notes. And you will when so you're So we old. came up with questions, and, and, um, 20, more and years, I said, 20 years from now, I said, we're, we're putting down questions, but... <laughs> yeah. Gary's probably not gonna ask any of them. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna throw me a curveball. Okay, but. easy question. Tell All us right. about your family and where you came from. All right, good deal. Let's, uh, I think I have a picture of my family. Let's look up here. So let me introduce my family to you. We're gonna go from left to right, from your left to your That's right. That's an old picture. This is a three-year-old picture, yes. So my oldest son, Drew, which most of you have not met, he is 21, he just turned 21 in January. He is a college student at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, he's gonna be wrapping up his college career there in the next few months. But that's Andrew, 21. Beside Andrew is Jake. Jake is 13. Jake is a seventh grader at Fort Myers Middle Academy, and he loves playing basketball. That is my lovely wife, Janice. We got married in September of 1999, and so this will be, I believe, 23 years this fall that we have been married. Janice, throughout our marriage, has worked almost exclusively full-time as a registered nurse doing bedside nursing. Uh, one of the great things about moving here is that she's going from full-time to part-time, and she's now doing case management at Lee Memorial and enjoying that. That is my daughter, Ella, and Ella is now 11. She's a sixth grader at Fort Myers Middle Academy. And then on the far right is Nathan. Nathan is now 17. I mentioned that's three. This was actually summer before COVID, which was the last time we had a family picture made. 
Um, but on the right is Nathan. Nathan is a senior at Fort Myers High School. And uh, moved here his he senior year. Moved here his senior year, yeah. Wow. Um, which obviously was a, really a, a lot of conversations and a big thing. And, and a lot of people, yeah, I always said I'm not going to move my kids before their senior year. And, and when this opportunity came along, we had several deep conversations about that because one of, for Janice and I, we said we really want Nathan's blessing. So Nathan's gotta be able to say, yeah, this is what I want as well. And so we had several conversations, um, different than normal, because Illinois very shut down during COVID, schools closed. So his first year and a half of high school, he was in school, and then his last year and a half of high school, uh, they were not in school. And so for his three-year career up till coming here, he was only in school half that time. And so all his friends are online, so it's not as big of a transition as you might think it would have been for previous years, but he did say this. He said, okay, um, you want my blessing? We came down, he loved it here. He's like, here's the thing, I want a Jeep. <laughs> and he said, if you'll buy me a Jeep, I'll go. We, I, I'm in, you know, and... And, and so we sold his vehicle up there and we came down here and then we found out Jeeps are really expensive here. <laughs> Should have done more research before I agreed to that. But we were here a couple of months looking for, so what was going on is he was driving my, I have a, a 45th anniversary 2012 Chevrolet Camaro convertible. He was driving that to school and I was running to work every day and it's a four mile run. So I'd run in the morning, run back for a couple of months. We're looking for a Jeep, just looking for one that's priced well, which is impossible to find. And so a couple months in, I think Gary was starting to feel bad that I was <laughs> running to work every day. And he said, you know, not everybody loves Jeeps, but I like Jeeps and I have one. Why don't you let Nathan drive my Jeep for the weekend? And if he loves the Jeep, then you can go ahead and keep looking for one. And, and so, um, I took the Jeep for the weekend, thought Nathan would be able to drive it. He really didn't get to drive it much. It broke down. <laughs> it's a great lesson for him. <laughs> Don't buy an old Jeep. <laughs> so at the end of the weekend, Nathan's like, no, nah, I don't want a Jeep. I want your Camaro. Yeah. And so he's got the Camaro and I got another car and... Um, the long and the short of it is, it's not ideal to move before your senior year, but he is absolutely thriving. He's killing it, he's loving life, he's doing well in school, he uh, jumped into sports, he's already lettered in sports, and uh, he's gonna graduate this spring from Fort Myers High School, and he couldn't be happier to be here. And all of our family feels that way. Yeah, so, so okay, so that's your family, what about you? Start with, I was born. I was born. And try to keep it to three or four minutes. 20 years after you were born. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah. You Actually, got... Gary had a birthday Friday. Did you all tell him? It was his 75th birthday on Friday. Yeah. Matt posted on Facebook that it was happy 75th birthday. I appreciated Sarah Cox that responded to Matt. Matt, we've liked you. Sorry you're not going to be here very long. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, happy yeah. 65th birthday. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, raised there, actually grew up on a little farm, doing lots of hard work with lots of different animals. Graduated high school in 1995, went to Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri, grew up at First Christian Church of Owasso, that's my home church, and they gave me a full tuition scholarship. They saw something in me, and they, they, they believed along with myself that God was gonna uh, call me into ministry and gave me a full tuition scholarship. So graduated from college in 1999, also married my wife in 1999, um, 
ended up being a student pastor for several years and preaching at a little church, and then in the early 2000s, wanted to go to graduate school, and so my wife and I and our oldest son, who was just a baby at the time, moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, where we attended same place Gary did, Cincinnati Christian University. But you got a master's. I got I a master's degree there. I didn't. You're so much smarter than I am. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> finished grad work, went back to Missouri for a few years. Um, very interesting. Went to a church that had a retiring lead pastor, and he had been there about 30 years. And so I followed him, and this will set up a little bit more of the story. It was a difficult, it was a difficult thing. And he had been there for 30 years, and as soon as I got there, the church rapidly grew, and uh, on me, I really didn't know how to honor him well, or to treat him well through that process, and uh, he, it, it was just a difficult thing. So after three and a half years, a church planting organization called me and said, why don't you come to Chicagoland and help us start a new church in Joliet? Joliet is the third largest city in Illinois, a very urban, multi-ethnic, very unique environment, very different from what I grew up in. So explain Chicagoland, because yeah. I've heard people ask you about it. When I say like Chicagoland, people, yeah, candy, yeah. So it's like saying Southwest Florida when you're referring to Fort Myers and okay. all the area around Fort Myers. If you live in the Midwest or the Upper Midwest, uh, you could live in Chicago, but the Metro region is just, you know, Chicago's like 6 million, but the metro is like 12 to 20 million, something like that. That entire metro area, if you live in the area, is just Chicago land. It's easier okay. to, than saying Joliet or Glen Ellen or, you know, one of the cities. So we moved uh, in 2006. We moved November to Joliet, Illinois. Uh, we opened the doors of Crossroads in March of 2007. Then we did a grand opening of our church in, the, in September of 2007, and then from then it was like uh, starting a race and running full speed, and for the next 15 years, our church grew about 100 people every year. Uh, there were two occasions that we were in the top five fastest growing independent Christian churches in America, did multiple building projects, multiple uh, renovations, a huge relocation, uh, baptized between 500 and 1,000 people in 15 years. Uh, and it was just an incredible, incredible experience. We loved our church there. And uh, it was actually a, you know, not the easiest decision to say, okay, it's time to wrap up this season of our life and step into this new season here at FCC. So you guys have heard me say God works upstream, you know, and sometimes we don't see it till later. Um, this next question I'm gonna ask you is how did you hear about FCC, but I wanna talk about some of the upstream stuff. Uh, I've still got the email, it's laying on my desk. June 25th, I get an email from a guy that I didn't think I knew. He said he had requested to be a friend on Facebook, but so have four other people, so I couldn't remember him. <laughs> and, uh, but I get this email, now think, June 25th, 2020, for two months, God has been telling me that maybe there's another guy out there that needs to lead FCC. June 25th, 2020, I get an email from a guy that says, hi, I'm Matt Summers, you don't know me, but I know some of your friends, Scott Einan, Darren, you know, all these different friends, he said, and, and uh, I just, my wife and I are feeling like at some point we'd like to finish our ministry in a warmer climate, and uh, we love Fort Myers, we've been there a couple times, uh, if you know of any churches, Christian churches in the state or in the area, keep me in mind. I said, hey, I'll lay it right here on my desk. I'm not gonna promise to pray every day, but when I see it, I'll pray for you. And by the way, we have just started talking about a succession plan here at the church. And he said, oh, didn't, didn't know that, didn't, you know, but we communicated back and forth that day. But 
that, that laid on my desk uh, for six months while we prayed and then came back into the pile later. But so how did you hear about FCC? So even before that, God working upstream. Yeah, God, it's, so it's such an incredible story how God, you, you like to say how God writes our stories, yeah. right? Um, I was here four or five years ago. Uh, we were looking at, our church was almost to about 1,000 and we were saying, okay, what's the next steps for our church? Do we want to... Um, relocate to a mega campus or do we wanna to go to multi-site and have one congregation at multiple sites? And about that time, New International, or it used to be called New Mission Systems, which is the big mission organization that we support that's just down the road from the church, they were hosting a multi-site conference to coach churches on how to go from one campus to multiple campuses. And they had invited myself and our executive pastor down to be part of that conference. I've been to Florida on vacation many times, but had never been to Fort Myers. And so my executive pastor and myself, we came down here, we spent several days at New International, spent a half of one day on the beach, we played golf uh, one day, but just spent a few days here and had a really great experience. Um, my first exposure to Fort Myers. Fast forward a couple of years, our church had decided not to go multi-site, but to acquire a mega facility and relocate, and we did that, and there was this huge, intense process of relocation, and at the end of that process, after we moved into our new building, I was just exhausted. I mean, it had been such a... Um, just a, a forward-moving season that I needed a break, and my wife was working full-time. She couldn't take a break, so I called my best friend, his wife, and my wife, and he and I regularly vacationed together, and I said, I need to get away. Uh, you want to go somewhere and get out of town? And he's like, yeah, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to, you know, palm trees and sunshine and beaches and things like that, and, and he said, well, where do you want to go? I said, well, you know, I was in Fort Myers a couple of years ago. Let's do that. And so we met down here, uh, spent a few days on the beach, had about half a day to kill before we got, on, got went to the airport, decided to go to the Edison Ford Museum just down the street on McGregor, spent a couple hours there, was gonna hit downtown, go back to the airport, pull out of Edison Ford, drive by here, see this building, see the big first Christian church sign on, you know, on, the, on the exterior of the building there on McGregor. And he says, hey, that looks like a pretty big church building. Do you know anything about that church? And I said, well, actually, I don't, um, which is surprising because I'm pretty well connected in our movement. And I said, I don't know much about it at all, but I do know this. I'm going to be the lead pastor there someday. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I'm going to be the." And he said, why? And I said, well, who wouldn't want to be here? This place is incredible. And, and it was just kind of sarcasm and being a smart elder. God's always working in all that stuff. And yeah. so uh, we come back, and I Wait, thought. Wait, God works in sarcasm? <laughs> Our have staff, you read, have you read staff, the Gospels? Our staff will be so happy to know that. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just walking in the footsteps yeah, of Jesus, Jesus right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get back from that vacation, and I find Gary online, and I send him a friend request, and I send him a private message, and I said, hey, you don't know me, just vacationed in Fort Myers last week, drove by your church building, and oh, by the way, you have my dream job. <laughs> and then didn't think anything about it after that. Fast forward, we're through our first season of COVID, that first big, you know, that very first part where everything was shut down. We're coming out of that, and I'm, and I'm just thinking, and Illinois shut down hard, and I'm thinking, this might be a good time to really consider making a move somewhere else, and so um, I pulled Gary's, you know, Gary up on Facebook, and what I really thought was, he looks like he might be close to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> How true, how true. <laughs> and so I sent him that email and, yeah. I, and I said, you June know, it's kind of, a, kind of a backdoor of a, you know, do you know anybody who might be thinking about retiring? 
And within 10 minutes, he had responded and said what he had mentioned to you. And then we ended up having a really great conversation just over email. And then I didn't, I mean, we, yeah. we wrapped it up and you said you'd pray. And, like six and, months uh, later. Six months later, so in the fall, we had had multiple churches reach out to us in, in warm weather environments and say, hey, we're, we're looking for a lead pastor. Would you consider coming and talking to us? And there were two, and I told both of them no. And when my wife said, and we were very happy in our church there, but we were also had our eyes on a different, just a different kind of lifestyle. And when I told those two churches no, my wife said, you told them no, you didn't want to interview? I said, what if that church in Fort Myers calls? <laughs> and she said, have you heard anything from them? And I said, no, but what if they do? Yeah. And then, lo and behold, in January, the elders here at First Christian reached out to me and said, we are in this process of transition. Uh, if you would like to talk to us, we would love to talk to you. And um, Which begs the question, yeah. I mean, things were really great there. That was your baby. You planted it. I know it took me, I, when they called me in, in 1989, I think you were 10 then. Uh, 12. 12. When they called me in 1989, I told them no for eight months because I didn't like Florida. I'd only ever been to Orlando. I didn't know. I was happy where I was as a worship pastor, student pastor in a small town in Indiana. And I was like, God had to really rattle my cage to even get me to consider you're in a, this amazing situation other than the weather and the politics. Uh, what, uh, other than that, <laughs> let me open that door. No. <laughs> Why did you say yes? Let's yeah. just get to that. Why did you say yes? Well, the weather was something. You know, that had something to do <laughs> yeah. with it. It certainly yeah. did. So yeah. actually, we were three years in in Joliet. Yeah. And the first winter, we thought, oh, man. I mean, there were days it was literally 20 below. I'm not talking wind chill. I'm talking about actual temperature. And that first winter, we thought, oh, this is hard, but we'll get used to it. And, and the second winter, we thought, oh, this is hard. Maybe we'll get used to it. And the third winter, we thought, we are never going to get used to this. And we had a conversation about we love our church and we want to be here, but we don't see ourselves retiring here. And we were in our early 30s then, and so we were looking at the next 30 years of our life. But the church did so well, it continued to grow. We were always in some kind of major growth initiative where they're building a building or doing all these different things, and there was never a good time to really say, okay, can we shift our attention long enough to see what else God might have out there? And COVID provided that opportunity. And so, yeah, um, we were looking for a better quality of living. We wanted a warmer climate. We did want lower taxes. There were, there were some things we were saying, we'd really like to have this going forward. But I think you don't say yes to that stuff. I mean, that's like icing on the cake, but it's not the cake. And so it was important to me. There were several things that were important to me. And one was, and one of the biggest ones, was that you and I just clicked. And so once I got that email from the elders, uh, before agreeing to do an interview with the elders, I said, I just need to spend time, some time with Gary. And so Gary and I made plans, and I came down here and spent a couple days, uh, which actually ended up turning into an interview with the elders because Gary pulled a fast one on me. Hey, while you're here. <laughs> you're, hey, by the way, tomorrow morning. By the way, while you're here. <laughs> but we just clicked. Yeah. We hit it off. Yeah. It, was, it was, we have a lot, I think, what you're going to find out is, in many ways, Gary and I are very different. I mean, it's, and actually, it's kind of obvious. I mean, he's tall, and I'm not. I'm young. <laughs> no, stay there, please, stay. 
I know my place now. <laughs> we actually share a lot of yeah, passions and a lot of, a lot of things we're excited about. Of course, a great love for the church. And, but just a lot of, we like cars, we like, there's a lot we have in common, and a lot of things that are very different, but what was important to me is that we could really enjoy working together, because as I mentioned early on in my ministry career, I've been in a situation that wasn't so great, and I just didn't wanna go there again. And I also think it's important when you have someone who's been in his role, that he can continue to be a part of this church family, and so I didn't want a situation where somebody had to leave, and why wouldn't I want the opportunity to be able to learn from him and work alongside of him. And so that was like number one, do we click? Is there some kind of chemistry there that we could see ourselves working together for years? And the answer to that question was yes, and that was huge. And then while I was here, ended up meeting with the elders, uh, as Gary mentioned, came back later, spent some time with the elders, had a really great eldership in Joliet, previously had seen some elderships that weren't so great, and I wanted to work with, and by the way, you don't know this because a lot of the behind the scenes stuff you may not see, but we have some of the most incredible elders in our church anywhere. Yeah. And they love God and they love people and they love this city and they love this church and there's a humility and a compassion and a kindness um, that is really exceptional. And it didn't take long to find out from those guys how they were geared, and for me to be able to say, yeah, I wanna be part, you know, I'm comfortable working in that context. And then the, the other big thing for me was, um, people will ask me why our church in Joliet did so well, and I think one of the key factors, if not the key factor, is our ministry staff loved each other, and we loved working together, and we had fun working together, and we didn't have staff turnover. When people came on our staff, they wanted to stay and be a part of that. And because of that consistency and togetherness in our staff, it really propelled our church to great things. And one of the things about leaving is I thought, I, I don't wanna leave my staff. I don't know that I'll ever see anything like that again. And got to come down here and spend some time here. And I thought, wow. I mean, Gary and the leadership, and really God has done it, has brought together an incredible staff here. I do wanna be a part of that. I can see the same kind of elements that we had in Joliet being in place here. And since I've gotten here, I found out that our staff is talented and they are hardworking and they have so much integrity. And just that team setting and team leadership, looking at all, and that was before I ever got to experience a worship service, just saying, this is an environment that I think that I could uh, really thrive in and enjoy and contribute to what God is doing here. You're giving great answers, but they're really long, so we're gonna have to book through this a little bit. <laughs> you just answered actually the next one. I was gonna ask you what excites you about FCC, but you've answered some, but anything you haven't said that you wanna say about that? Yeah, just real quick, um, I love this community and just doing some research on the community. This Fort Myers has grown from 40,000 some people to 60,000 some people in the last 10 years. And so just knowing, and you all know this just because of the traffic, right? But you see the traffic and I see a lot of people needing an opportunity to connect with Jesus and each other. And so just knowing we could come and be a part of all these people that God is bringing to this community for us to potentially be able to connect with and connect them to Jesus, that's huge for me. Good. Okay, uh, we wanna answer all questions. We realize you might have some questions. Uh, so we put our emails up here. That's... They've got, Matt's is under me and mine is under Matt, but you get the email. And uh, we didn't know we sat in the wrong seats this morning, <laughs> do we? So uh, if you have any questions at all, you know the philosophy here, there are no bad questions. So you can send us questions anytime and uh, we'll, we'll get those answers back to you. But we've had a few that we've heard, so we wanna answer three or four of the top questions we heard. And one of those that people have asked me is like, so what are you gonna do? And I thought, since Matt's gotta be my new boss, I would let him answer that. All right. 
Let's, let's see. <laughs> so once, once we yeah. make the transition, once we we, make that, we're yeah. gonna continue in this, this role where we're sharing leadership, this co-leadership role, um, but once we make that transition, your title is going to be teaching pastor and you're gonna be preaching on a regular basis. You do such a good job with that and you're such an encouragement to all of us when you preach. You'll be preaching about once a month, uh, really working with our men's ministry and developing a more robust men's ministry within the life of our church. We understand that uh, men taking spiritual leadership in their family is such a huge factor in the spiritual health of their families and their marriages and their children. We wanna make sure that we're doing everything we can and Gary has an incredible marriage and he has an incredible family and there's really not a better example and leader for us to be able to come alongside of men and mentor them and disciple them so that men can connect with Jesus and each other. So that's gonna be a big part of what Gary does. And then he also has some things he's doing. We call them frontline ministries or hospitality ministries, just being out in the atrium, the cafe, out front, and working with those who are welcoming people here on campus. We're getting pretty good at making coffee. You make really good coffee. You make good really good coffee. So what's, what's something you've heard? Give us a question. Well, I've heard people say, what's it gonna look like? Like yeah. when, when the transition actually takes place. And of course, this is an incredible church. Been here 100 years and uh, I think four lead pastors in 100 years. Like, yeah. okay, new guy coming in. What's it gonna look like? The answer I've been giving people is gonna look just like it's looked the last six months. I mean, I, I intentionally, when Matt got here, you noticed a change in the preaching schedule. And so Matt's big about team preaching, which I love. I wish I had been better about that in the past. But what you've seen the last six months is typically Matt preaches twice a month, I preach once a month, Jimmy preaches once a month, and that's what the future will look like. It's gonna be the same thing, not in a rigid pattern, so there may be times, like last Sunday, Sean preached, he does a great job, Justin will get to preach once in a while, usually last Sunday of the year for the student pastor. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it's, you know, that's just the re- reality of life, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. But it'll, it'll look, so what you've seen, what you've gotten used to the last six or seven months is what it's gonna look like going forward. I don't, I don't see much looking much different. We're pretty much all on a stage almost every Sunday in one form or another. Uh, the, uh, another big question is, so when's the handoff gonna happen? When's yeah. the transition gonna happen? And that's a great question. We've been hearing that a lot lately. And the answer is, um, we do not have a set date on that. Uh, it is not a fixed target right now. We are very comfortable with how things are evolving. And um, we plan on it being sometime this year. But yeah. there's no set date. And, and so that's part of our DNA to really seek God and, and let him decide that. So, you know, is Matt ready? Yes. Am I ready? Yes. Are the elders ready? Yes. But we still are just waiting for a real solid, hey, what do you think about this? And so sometime before the year's over, uh, that'll take place. So what, uh, so what are some goals for the year? Real quick before we wrap up. Tell me some. So a personal yeah, goal for some me. things you want to happen. And, and why, you know, one of the big reasons in just saying why it hasn't happened already is because I think there's a learning process for me just discovering the culture and DNA here at First Christian and to be able to really get that and embrace that and enjoy that, which I already do. But there's so much for me to learn and experience. Every time something new happens, I'm learning something new. And so I really wanna be uh, deeply connected to our history and our presence so that we can- And it's working, you're future. getting much nicer. This, uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything about Chicago, but we've had to get some Chicago out of you. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're, you're embracing the Fort Myers culture really well. But I've never threatened a hitman before. No, 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 no. no. Yes, yeah, you're good. 
We'll see how that goes here, yeah. right? <laughs> That's from the first service. That, see, we talk about no inside <laughs> yeah, jokes, so we yeah. just did one. Yep. First service, one of the things was I said, you know, and if Matt changes his mind before this hands off, I know a hitman. <laughs> so that now you know where that so came from. So my Chicago is wearing off on yeah, him, I'm, I think it sounds I'm, like. I'm a little bit Chicago. He's a whole lot of rock and roll. No, Fort Myers. Okay, That's all right. What, all right. <laughs> what else? Uh, just a successful transition. Yeah. Like as we come through this year and get by the end of the year, we want to be able to say as this happens that we're still close yeah. and that we're still on the same page and that we still enjoy each other. And I think if we get to the end of the year and we can't say that, that's, that's not a success. That's not good for me. That's not good for Gary. That's not good for our families. That's not good for our church. And so just to make it through with the kind of health and love and connection that we've had for that to continue is huge. Yeah. And so we wanna do that. Another thing is, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but um, I think the reason our church in Joliet grew so much so fast is because our staffs worked together, loved each other, and stayed together. And so when you have transitions, a lot of times you have big staff turnover. And we don't want big staff turnover here. We have an incredible staff and we wanna stay together and work together and enjoy each other and love each other well. And so success to me would be a year from now we, our staff is still, you know, enjoying each other and, and to working speak, together. And uh, to speak for them, they're a big reason this is going so well. They have embraced yeah. this in, in an amazing way. They, a lot of staff would have had a lot of fear and trim. They've, they've been amazing through this time. Absolutely. And then the last thing that I would mention, this is really a philosophical ministry point. Um, so many churches organize their ministries and their church around their, their slogan statement and their mission and their vision and their values, and you need those things, and they're really important. But I've always thought, even though we need mission, vision, and values, uh, why wouldn't we structure our ministries around what we think and believe is the best way to see people grow as disciples of Jesus? And so in the next year, I wanna see us embrace this language. We shared it with you all in October. We did a sermon series called The ABCs of Discipleship, and we talked about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, being fully connected to your church in a large group and small group, contributing time, talent, and treasure to church and community, daily time with God, and enthusiastically sharing your faith, and really outlining a clear plan for taking next steps. And we wanna take that discipleship path and, and implement that in our children's ministry, in our student ministry, in our men's ministry and our senior adult ministry and our adult ministries and throughout our church. And so I think a year from now, if that has become our language and we've structured all of our ministries around discipleship and helping people take their next steps closer to Jesus, I think that is one of the biggest wins we could have because we know that Jesus gave us the great commandment, which is to love God and to love people and the great commission, which is to make disciples of all people. And if we can do that, I think it's Rick Warren who said, a great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment make for a great church. And uh, God is doing something great in this church and we are so happy to be part of it. And, and I'm excited about it. I really feel like we are so much better as a church than we were eight months ago. I think God brought you here for that. And I, I'm just excited about the future and that I'm gonna you know, be the 85-year-old going, that young Matt's still doing something crazy up there. You know, it's, uh, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be a joyful journey for all of us. About 30 years ago, uh, Mark Webb, one of our elders, he was only 35 at the time, came to an elders meeting, and he said, guys, I found this verse that I think needs to be the foundation of what we do. It was Ephesians 5.10. And the verse says, find what pleases the Lord. And I, that has been the foundation of everything we do here for 30 years and will continue. And I just love that as a church, that's what we do. It's not what pleases any person. 
we find what pleases God. And I've been excited in this process because I think of that attitude we've had, God has stepped into this in a big way and he's done amazing things for us. Let me pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for the story that you write. I thank you that you work upstream. I thank you that we can sit and reminisce and see those things. I thank you for the future that you place for us. And I thank you for Matt and his family and that they're part of the FCC family. I pray protection for them spiritually and physically. I pray you give him all of the wisdom and skill and, and uh, just everything he needs to lead us. And God, I thank you for his heart and I thank you for this church and all that you do in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.